You're listening to a special edition of On the Record, online with Eric Schwartzman, the official podcast of the Public Relations Society of America International Conference, October 16th through 19th, 2010, in D.C., featuring conference keynote speakers, panelists, and newsmakers. To join PRSA or register for the conference, visit prsa.org. We're joined this morning um, at the PRSA International Conference 2010 in Washington, D.C. by Rich Topliski. Rich is chair of the PRSA Technology Section and uh, also vice president of Lois Paul and Partners in Austin, Texas, which is the um, technology and PR wing of Fleischmann & Hillard. My name is Sandra Burroughs. I'm guest host today on On the Record Online and joined by Greg Reeder, also a guest host. Good morning. Thanks for being here. Great. Great to be here, Sandra and Greg. Thank you. So Rich is uh, here to talk to us today about uh, the challenges of social media measurement and uh, some of the things that PR practitioners face uh, on a daily basis in terms of uh, justifying measurement and uh, understanding really what is the purpose of social media and, uh, and how does that drive how we measure it and what results we look for. Well, you know, it's really interesting. Before social media uh, arrived on the scene, uh, you know, pretty much any professional development conference you'd go to like this or or webinar or whatever was about measurement. And then social media kind of took the ball from measurement. Now we're getting full circle back to how do we measure social media? So it's kind of ironic we're talking about this um, as the evolution has occurred in social media as as, the newest channel for us to, to work on messaging and communicating. And, you know, what we were finding is that the amount of written word and messaging that's going out through channels is exploding to the point that we're having a you know, significant difficulty even measuring where our messages are going and, and where they're being received. Um, so recently we, we noticed uh, uh, a division of market wire called uh, Sysimos did a, 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 an exhaustive study uh, of uh, 1.2 billion tweets, if you can imagine, and they found that only 29% of them were either retweeted or replied and the rest kind of fell on deaf ears. So I stopped to think to myself, well, is that really failure? And if you're in direct mail, you'd love to have a 29% response rate. But ultimately, what is our purpose and, and goal in doing social media and conducting this on a regular basis? Is it to be retweeted? And I think you said yeah. you'd notice that Mashable had picked up on it, as well as several other sources, saying that 29% um, is a failure. You know, it, it is, is all of this for naught? Are all of these tweets and all of this communication really going out there for no reason? And that's really what you're challenging. Sure. I mean, is, is our end game to be retweeted or, or to be replied to? Uh, you know, some companies look at social media very effectively as an additional method to make sure that our news and company information, uh, you know, go out to a wide audience. And that's not necessarily going to elicit a response from everybody. Um, so, so the end game in that situation is to use it as a channel. We're not looking for response or reply. Uh, other companies, uh, more consumer-oriented or more viral, you know, they do want responses and replies. And just because you don't get those doesn't necessarily mean that your social media program is a failure. So you really need to look at the end goal in mind before you make a blanket statement or, or you know, make a, a widespread um, you know, hypothesis that social media is a failure if nobody's responding or replying in this example for Twitter. Which really implies that before you get engaged in a social media program, you need to be on the same page across uh, management about why you're doing it. And, well, and I know that that's probably sure. easier said than done. 
Exactly. I mean, I think one of our challenges is, you know, we always talk about what does success look like? And, and you know, that's managing expectations has always been uh, one of the challenges of PR counselors in terms of, you know, when you're creating a strategy and a program and you're trying to measure, you know, and adjust the program, what does success look like in social media? And that's kind of, you know, where this research was an eye-opener because I don't know if everybody really has the same goals in mind. And uh, it's not just quantitative or qualitative. It's, you know, what's important to this program that you're implementing and how do we get there and how do we measure that? And again, it might not be just responses. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of measuring that, um, because the barriers to social media and technology are so low now, it's easy to get involved with it, but it's also easy to become a technologist when it comes to measuring that and monitoring that and delivering that. From the technology perspective, what do you look for in those vendors or those companies to be able to do those types of things, measurement, delivery, outreach, uh, because a lot of these things are now being outsourced. But the uh, amount of people out there that promise a great return, how do you sort all that out? Well, um, you know, we do use MarketWire, but we're not a Sysimos, um shop at Lois Paul. But um, in terms of, you know, all of the technology vendors that are there and all the different tools, I think you really have to look at a hybrid approach. It really depends upon what you need to measure. And, you know, certainly here in the show, uh, there, there's plenty of vendors with uh, some very good technology. But, you know, everything from Google Analytics, uh, you know, to um, some of the bolt-on applications that you see some, from some of the traditional PR vendors, I think you look at all the tools in the arsenal and you really have to figure out what's important to you. If you want to track back where uh, things like tweets and, and Facebook postings are going, you know, there's a tool for that. If you want to track to see, you know, are my tweets and other social media channels driving uh, web traffic to my website, because that may be important to me, and maybe that's why we're engaged in social media, you know, there are analytic tools for, for, uh, for websites and so forth. So I think the challenge is there is no one-size-fits-all. Um, we do constantly kick all the tires of all the vendors that are out there, and we use the different tools that we find appropriate for what specifically we want to measure, because no one tool can measure everything uh, effectively or uh, across all the different channels. So PR professionals at this stage um, are really facing a a tremendous influx. Just the development of of the emerging technologies is unfolding every day um, exponentially. And it really is a challenge to to keep up and to keep things focused on the technologies that are going to be the most important. I know we've, we've seen the iPad uh, explode in, in the last few months, and, and that's changing the way we access technology, and it's going to change uh, the channels that we're using within those technologies. Um, really, uh, as the chair of the technology section, I imagine you're called on to, with PR pros quite often to say, how do I, how do I manage this? Where do I focus? How do I determine where I need to uh, really spend my time and efforts if I'm going to, to serve my client well? Sure. I mean, I think the challenge for all of us is there's so much new technology that comes on the scene on a daily basis. At least it feels that way. And there's so much to read now with the explosion of online journalism and reporting and blogging. And I try to counsel you know, both uh, our staff and our clients and say, you know, it's not, you know, the essential tools aren't going to be there for you in your face. You need to be not even on the bleeding edge or leading edge, but almost at the cell dividing edge when things first are being talked about um, on a very small scale before they become critical mass. So I, I noticed three areas that I find myself talking more and more about as challenges. The first is, of course, is cloud computing. That's a really interesting trend for everybody because cloud computing is basically 
we're going back to client server, uh, except now the server is, is the cloud. And that's really having a profound impact because we don't need to carry big hard drives and things like that anymore. And we have uh, you know, the ability to keep all of our content in the cloud and access it from everywhere. That's a huge shift. The other area, and of course this is obvious, but it, it's wireless. The genie is out of the bottle. <laughs> And, you know, Spectrum is a finite resource. You know, we have people here, everybody's walking around with their smartphones, fighting for the same cell phone signal or Wi-Fi. Well, you know, wireless is only going to become more pervasive as more and more devices become adopted. They're all going to have wireless technologies in them, and we're seeing that with tablet computing. And the third area is what I call content banking. Uh, think of it, you know, when we went to ATMs and you used to have to go to a bank and have a teller give you money, and the ATM revolutionized your ability to get cash, you know, anywhere around the world. So think of our content as, as kind of a cash uh, sort of uh, paradigm, and content banking is my term for our content can reside anywhere we want it to in the network, and you know, then we can access our content from anywhere. This sort of plays on the cloud computing area. And those three areas really impact, especially in the communications field, uh, how we do our work, what our workflows are like, uh, you know, how we interact with our clients and our companies, and importantly, how we reach our publics, because all three trends and, and other technology trends are going to continue to make it uh, that much easier to disseminate our messages and information um, because of the, the pervasiveness of the new global network that we're experiencing. So those are, are three areas that we spent a lot of time focused on in terms of the impact of technology and going forward and where those areas are really going to be taking us. We're talking with Rich Tipliski, and we are going to be back in just a moment, and we're going to talk a little bit more about social media and social media policy, and maybe a little bit about the mobile future. This January 2011, Paul Gillen and Eric Schwartzman bring you the first book devoted exclusively to B2B social media communications. Packed with business-to-business case studies and applied knowledge, Social Marketing to the Business Customer is the most comprehensive collection of B2B social media marketing guidance ever assembled. B2B markets are driven by value and relationships. That's very different from B2C markets. This book's a hands-on guide. It walks business people step-by-step through the process of using social media to find and engage business customers and ultimately drive more revenue. Social Marketing to the Business Customer is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and Borders. Or buy it at our show blog at ontherecordpodcast.com. Also available for iPad and Kindle. All right, we're back with Rich Dupliski. And uh, Rich, I'd like you to talk just a little bit about um, mobile, mobile technology, really. We've seen a huge explosion in that, uh, in that arena, and it's, uh, it's changed the game. And uh, what would you, uh, what do you think of the trends there? What are we going to see happening in that mobile industry, and how does it affect communicators? Well, it's really an exciting time for all of us as consumers or as cons- communications professionals to be at this, you know, kind of uh, new evolution of wireless. Uh, you know, sitting here next to me is an iPad, a, a Droid X, and an, and an Apple iPhone, and. But they don't really talk to each other very well right now. And applications that are written for each of them don't really work with each other. And I don't think that the model going forward is going to be for vendors to write applications across every possible mobile platform. And we're going to see a new wave of tablet computers coming out shortly from companies such as uh, you know, Motorola and Samsung and uh, 
you know, other folks that have been tradition in, in mobility and, and BlackBerry uh, is going to have a tablet PC that they've already previewed. So I think that there's going to be a little bit of a shakeout. It's going to be a little exciting. We're going to see maybe some platform wars go on as to uh, supremacy for the end user. And, of course, Apple has a huge head start. But I think also we need to think about, um, you know, I've got a newsletter that we do. It's a quarterly newsletter to uh, our technology section membership. And we want to be able to read that on an iPad. And I think our, our membership expects that. So if you're distributing information, you know, what does that look like on an iPad versus what a traditional website would look like on a mobile device? So these are things that we need to be thinking about, especially with things like, you know, if you look at an iPad, the fastest adoption of a consumer technology. You know, that's pretty impressive, and that's going to continue. So we need to be thinking about not just our content. You know, we used to say the medium is the message. Well, the message is the medium and so forth. But the medium really is becoming almost part of the message today. And uh, so that's what we need to be thinking about when we're looking at new technology, such as uh, wireless mobility devices, uh, what those platforms are going to look like, and how we're going to be able to communicate over them. So PR pros really need to uh, to develop a, a broad toolkit, really, to be able to think across um, podcast, audio, video, and now mobile devices as well. Right. Everything's not going to be right for every company or every client, but certainly we need to be uh, cognitive of the fact that there, you know, technology will be adopted, and we need to think about, you know, is it right for us or for our clients or for our companies, and how best to communicate over those. Well, PR professionals worry about the message in the medium, uh, but in today's day and age with social media, everybody is the spokesman for the company. And many times people wrestle with how to put that out in governance and policy. What are some recommendations or your viewpoint on how social media policy needs to be created and uh, what are some good ways to implement that in, in the companies? Well, we heard yesterday uh, in a session here um, a consensus that you know, really PR is in the best position from a professional tools standpoint and expertise and counseling to, uh, to really help companies drive social media, whether it's clients or corporate settings. And I, I, I believe that as well. We are very well equipped for it because we're traditional uh, expertise in, in messaging and, and communications channels. But there are two primary challenges with social media policies that uh, people are struggling with regardless of the size of their organization, whether they're public, private, or education, or, or you know, government or military. First challenge is bringing everybody to the table that needs the craft of social media policy. It can't come down from the mountain, from human resources or corporate counsel, that this will be the policy. And getting those people who really have a stake you know, in the policy for the organization at the table is something that PR professionals can broker very effectively. Uh, sometimes we have the good cop, bad cop, but it's really, we have a great vantage point on this. The other challenge is there's no one size fits all for social media policy. You can't just place the emphasis on, you know, making sure that you're protecting your brand, your company, your organization. We, you really need to look at having two social media policies. One would be for your employees or, you know, the uh, organization members or whatever you may be. And the other one would be for the PR marketing people who are actually communicating on behalf of the company. And those two policies really need to be distinct and separate with different guidelines because there's different restrictions being placed on what employees can say and can't say versus what you're doing officially as marketing or public relations extension for the company. So if you're entrusted with doing a social media policy, think about them as policies and think about them as an internal policy and an external policy. It'll be a much easier process for you to uh, you know, write and adopt those types of uh, uh, social media policies in the future if you make that distinction. Very good. Rich, I'd like to say thanks uh, for joining us today here on On the Record Online. My pleasure. Thank you.
You've been listening to a special edition of On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, the official podcast of the Public Relations Society of America International Conference, October 16th through 19th, 2010 in D.C. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, post a comment to the show blog at ontherecordpodcast.com. Connect with us on Facebook or Twitter at On The Record or send an email to eric at ericschwartzman.com. This podcast has been a special production of On The Record Online and the Public Relations Society of America. Unlike normal productions of On The Record Online, This episode recording cannot be duplicated without explicit permission from PRSA.